50 minutes, 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. And as Apollo 11 does its roll program, this podcast now does its roll program. The tape is rolling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Grant Cameron, and you're listening to the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. Thank you for taking time from your life to be here. Today I continue on my series of... uh, Detailing people who I've met, um, I've got a list of about 50 people who have uh, stated that they have flown the craft. My guest today for the podcast is Susie Hansen. Now, Susie Hansen is a, a New Zealand researcher uh, who wrote the book Dual Soul Connection, and she had uh, lifelong experiences uh, with beings. Uh, they taught her a great deal about the physics of consciousness and how the um, UFO uh, works, what the purpose of uh, UFO encounters is. And so today I present to you Susie Hansen talking about the lessons she got in flying the craft. And hers is one of the more detailed um, episodes or versions of this story. All the stories basically have the same um, components. The mind is used to fly the craft. Um, Susie points out it's not as easy as, as it would appear and that uh, people are being trained for whatever reason to do this. So uh, please enjoy Susie Hansen talking about uh, flying the UFO. I've talked to you. I've got your written description. You mentioned consciousness um, being associated with the craft, which you know is is my main interest. While we've got this on video, I've got it on audio, but maybe we can just do a little short video of flying the ship with the consciousness. Can you go through that? I have about six people, and I'm going to do uh, an individual one on YouTube for each one. I've got about six different people who describe uh, flying the ship and you did so maybe you can just for me go through that story again and, and as I said I've got it in audio but maybe we can get it in video as well okay um, some years ago uh, I was actually taken on board uh, a very large grey craft when I say large like the size of a town or a city and um, within this craft, there was a massive hangar, and um, in that hangar, there were a variety of craft. 
I was told that I was going to be given the opportunity to go on a flying trip and be able to operate a small scout craft. I was approached by um, a group of human-looking entities, I'll call them entities because they, they seemed like superhumans to me. They were much taller than me, very slim and um, highly intelligent. I was taken on board a small scout craft, which I was told was one of theirs. Um, one of them later, before we took off, he left the craft, so I was left with four on board the craft. Um, I was told that they were going to give me a bit of a surprise, and the surprise seemed to be that after traveling for a relatively short length of time, uh, they opened what I call the window screens on the wall, and looking out, I'd gone from darkness in New Zealand, being taken on board a craft uh, in the middle of the night, and um, they opened up the screens, and I was able to see a hillside covered with uh, vibrant red, orange, yellow autumn leaves, uh, autumn foliage such as we don't have in New Zealand. So from that, I gathered that I was in the northern hemisphere, somewhere like Canada, the US, maybe Russia, I don't know. But it certainly wasn't the sort of um, vista you would see in New Zealand. So I'd gone to the northern hemisphere, and it was daylight. I was told that I would be given the opportunity to use two different modes to fly the craft. The first one was, manu was manual and the other mode, of course, was using the mind, using consciousness to connect to the craft. Um, I was assigned an instructor who was one of the male uh, beings on the craft and uh, so he, gave, he demonstrated and he gave me some Quite a lot of background information about um, the wobble of the small scout craft that some people often report that sometimes described as a falling leaf movement. And uh, I was told why they use, had to use a manual lever to operate the craft sometimes in our atmosphere according to atmospheric conditions, certain energy points on the craft, the flow of the magnetic field, etc. So, um, first of all, he demonstrated the the manual by using this uh, lever that flipped up out of the console in front of me and uh, and I assumed that because I can drive a car etc that I would find that fairly easy to do it would be a bit like flying a glider etc with a, a little tiny joystick however I soon found that um, overcompensating on the stick meant that the craft was um, kind of nearly flipping and uh, moving in, in a way that wasn't good at all so um, that kind of canned the idea that it was going to be easy to do a manual. Uh, next, I was instructed on how to use the, the connecting to the consciousness of the craft, which I did by placing my hand on a rubbery panel on the console. And uh, I was given the opportunity to practice this. So it was sort of like expressing your intent through consciousness. So not not uh, willing the craft to go forward, but just by instructing the craft quietly. And it was almost as if your consciousness and the amount of effort or intent or strength that you put into the consciousness was equivalent to how much the craft moved. That's really the only way I can describe it. The consciousness was so closely linked to the craft that um, that it was almost like an emotional uh, an emotional aspect to it as well. So you weren't just simply instructing a computer and saying, move the craft forward 15 meters. You were actually moving your consciousness with 
the whole intelligence and structure and um, organicness of the craft to move it forward. I don't think I could adequately put it into words, but that's the best that I can do. And I found this actually much easier than using the manual stick and the instructor said, well, that's because um, it bypasses all of the, the brain messages that have to get to muscles and tendons, etc., etc., to make the arm move, to make the lever work. This is just straight, pure thought and consciousness and connection. So uh, I was able to practice that for some time um, and then they said that they were going to take me home, that there would be another surprise and this one was that we would actually pass through the planet. Now when they said that I had the most dire uh, feeling of shock and horror and incineration uh, but they assured me that it wasn't going to be like that at all, that uh, it simply meant that they would move the craft sort of out or sideways from the dimension or the status that it was currently in and then they would run alongside in this other space, in this other dimension if you want to put it that way and then one, when they passed through that space that is taken up by the planet they would then merge back into this timeline and into this reality. That's the best way I as a, as a novice can can describe it as a non-scientist so um, we went through a process where the, the craft went out beyond our atmosphere or to the very edge of it I could see the curvature of the earth I could see everything recede um, into this uh, beautiful looking planet with with none of the terrible things that we know are going on on the surface and then we approached the planet at speed and as that happened on the window screen, um, on the screen in, on the internal side of the craft I could see a vortex or a spinning movement um, beginning to take place and then everything went black inside the craft, on the screen just some coloured static for a short period of time and then um, everything started up again, there was a high pitched uh, squealing noise that went uh, lower and lower into a, a deep graunching sort of sound and then the screen came back to life um, and everything came back to normal and on the screen I could now see that we were in darkness obviously in the southern hemisphere as if we just popped out of a little spot in the sky and I could see lights along the coastline which I assumed was uh, the city that I live in approaching that is by the sea and um, and that's where the experience finished and I was returned home. Wow. Uh, I've always recommended to people to read your book. I think it is perhaps the most important book that people should read. So my last question to you is the, the thing that fascinates me and I think fascinates you is what do you think is the role of consciousness? Is it critically important to understanding UFOs? Because you know a lot of people are still into the nuts and bolts and all this kind of stuff. How important is consciousness uh, and what role does it play in this, in understanding the UFO phenomena? I think it's absolutely critical to understand the UFO phenomenon, not only from the nuts and bolts aspect because I'm also a sighting investigator and a lot of the time I get uh, reports sent to me which when we delve a little deeper and we we interview the people sometimes on video, we get these consciousness aspects coming out within that nuts and bolts structure of documenting an actual sighting. And it may be that they've communicated with what they think is the craft or they've communicated with um, an entity outside of it or an entity inside of it. 
but there's uh, there's so much that is transmitted to the person through that experience. But also, Grant, I think that consciousness is vital for us to to begin to understand if we are in the future to operate the kind of technology that they have. And might I also add that strongly in there and amongst this consciousness is the spiritual aspect, because the the consciousness the Technology that involves consciousness that we might unleash on ourselves is totally dependent on the spiritual aspect or we are going to harm each other seriously, harm other species out there and wreck our planet. We have to have that combined consciousness, spiritual aspect in order to understand, operate and, and compassionately utilize this technology. You're speaking at UFO Congress in February. Is there any other places you're speaking at uh, in the near future that we can sort of promote? Uh, at the moment, just that. I'm waiting to share back from some other conferences in the States and one in Australia. But um, at the moment, I'm off to the Congress, and that's one I'm focusing on with UFO technology. That, that's a big event. I wish you well. I've spoken there that you've got a lot of people, big audience. And I uh, wish you well on that. And when your second book comes out, I will do whatever is in my power to make sure that you make a tour again across America to speak to people. Because I think you have, as I said, perhaps the most important story that people need to know in order to understand this phenomena. So I'm honored to speak to you, and I really appreciate your taking the time and um, enlightening me and giving me these stories that I've made you repeat so many times. <laughs> uh, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Grant, and you're very welcome. Okay, so um, I, we're gonna. There'll be the two. Um That's this week's episode of the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Cameron, hoping that you will join me for upcoming episodes. Links to my YouTube interviews, books, and my Facebook sites are in the show notes. If you love the podcast or learn something valuable, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, or give a review on today's episode. If you would like a certain paranormal subject dealt with in the future, please let us know. Until next time, watch this space, and thank you so much for listening.